Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. Yes, we're back in the middle of the week, so it's got to be one of my five in five specials. And that's indeed what we're here for. Let me tell you the brilliant books we've got coming up. So we've got um, Mike Craven, M.W. Craven coming on to talk about The Botanist. Then we've got Imran Mahmood coming on to talk about All I Said Was True. And finally, Matson Taylor talking about All about Evie. These are very short interviews, five questions in a maximum of five minutes. So you don't get to hear much, but if you want to know more, you can go back and there are full interviews with each of these authors going back into last year. This is just a refresh and a recap on these fantastic books. So let's go straight in and hear from M.W. Craven now. So M.W. Craven, Mike Craven, author of The Botanist, welcome back. You have five questions in five minutes if you are ready. I am. <laughs> I know you've written a few books since The Botanist, so this will be a bit of a test. Can you describe your book in 30 seconds? <laughs> 30 seconds, right. It's a locker room mystery. Poe and Tilly are called to uh, help with the investigation into a poisoner who can seemingly walk through walls. He warns his victims. He gives them two or three weeks' notice he's going to kill them. And despite the precautions they take, he kills them with ease. At the same time, Poe is called up to Northumbria because his friend, the pathologist Estelle Doyle, has been arrested for a father's murder uh, in a house surrounded by fresh snow. Hers are the only footprints going in and she has gunshot residue on her hands. A bit of a puzzle. That's excellent. Well, well done. <laughs> now, I'm going to be very interested in your answer to this question. Who is your favourite smaller character? It can't be Tilly or Poe. Who else is your favourite top? I I really like writing about Bugger Rumble, the uh, street performing. Uh, I, I I've been told I'm not allowed to say Tramp. We call him Tramp sort of here, so he's just he's a Tramp. He's eccentric. He's back in the next Tullian Poe book, uh, The Mercy Chair. It was just a lot of fun to write, and he came about because my friend said, "I bet you can't get the phrase Bugger Rumbled into your book." So, which I didn't actually, but I got Bugger Rumble. I thought that'll be a name for a really eccentric <laughs> character. And I actually, there was somebody in Newcastle who I used to sort of watch who did that low, put, he would put a line on the ground in chalk and then pretend to do a low-rise tightrope walk thing and then bow at the end and then people would shout at him. But eventually he would get enough money for a pint and he would leg it straight into the Northumberland Arms. So yeah, bugger rumble. <laughs> Very good. Or Edgar. Yes, Edgar the dog, of course. <laughs> uh, beloved by many. Can you describe the botanist but just use three words? Cunning, sly... Ruthless. There we go. That's it. Next one. I'm not sure if you've ever been asked this question. What was your favourite food and drink that you consumed while writing The Botanist? Um, it, ooh, let me think. It'll, it'll have been curry. It's, it's always curry. Probably a goat curry, actually. 
Well, actually, yeah, goat curry because there's so many mentions of goats in the bottomless for some reason. Yeah, it's it's absurd, there and is, I didn't yeah. I didn't plan it. It just happened that way. And in the end, I thought, why wow, I've talked about goats about seven times, but um, yeah, goat curry. So, are you eating the goat curry while you're typing, or is that like once you finish typing, then you eat it? I I, I don't eat at all when I'm when I, when I'm writing. I just don't because um, I'm just focused. I'll have a brew, but I won't um, I won't eat. Um, but I will. For, so for the botanist, there will have been times when um, normally when Joanne's out, my wife, uh, she's having her tea out or something like that. So I'm on my own, and I'll I'll go and get some Cumbrian goat from the butchers, and I'll make myself a, a curry, and it will be cooking. Through the day, I'll put it in the slow cooker on the low heat, so I can. I'll be up in my office and I'll be smelling this goat curry, which is waiting for me as a little prize when I've w- reached my word count. Um. So yeah. Oh well, <laughs> if you put the curried goat on again, you you need to let me know. My husband's Jamaican, and he'd be right in his car on his way to you if, at the sound of uh, curried goat being slow cooked. But anyway, it's it's a, it's a lovely, it's a very underrated meat goat actually in the UK. It's 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 quite a healthy meat, but it tastes like it isn't. If you know what I mean, so it tastes like lamb. So it's it's quite succulent with and gelatinous, but it's actually a much healthier meat than than lamb. And also, as I said in the book, goats are disgusting creatures. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So the, the the less goats around, the better. Yeah, there is that part in the book. And there's also another part in the book where I, it did put me off goat, but I won't I won't say any more about that right now. <laughs> During a medical procedure, shall I say. That was, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, final question. What's been your most memorable moment so far in your writing career? Oh dear me! Uh, I, I was asked this the other day. Actually, I was doing an interview for the for the Times, and um, the I mean, the botanist is a Sunday Times bestseller, which was which was which was lovely. Um, but so was Dead Ground. So Dead Ground was my first. So that was a good yes, moment. Yes, congratulations! Winning the Gold Dagger was it was a lovely moment. Um, but I think the mo- thing I'm most proud of was doing the Quick Reads book earlier this year, um, because mm. that seemed that adults were learning. Uh, sorry, uh, who maybe English isn't there. Uh, re- reading, they, they don't they don't pick up books or reading isn't their strongest thing. They've got literacy issues or English might not be their first language. So it's it's a it's a program that I was asked to be. You have to be invited to be on it. You don't apply to be on it. Um, and there's only six books a year. I think it was eight this year actually. Cause it was a ten year anniversary. But that was that was a huge privilege to do that. And and particularly because of my probation background and I know how damaging the lack of education can be to people's life choices and obviously reading is integral mm. to edu- education so yeah so that, that's probably the sort of high point of my of my career um so far but yeah it, i mean it's it's been a series of highs really at the minute uh, i'm gonna head for a crashing low i'm bound to at some point um i, yeah. I, I mean i think i deserve it quite <laughs> frankly but at, 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 I don't think you do. At the, at the minute, um, the universe has been incredibly nice to me. Well, that's because you keep writing good I'm going to pay for it in the next life. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but Mike Craven, M.W. Craven, whose latest book is The Botanist. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super duper. And now, did I really say super duper? Yes, I did. And now we're going to hear from Imran Mahmood about his fantastic book called All I Said Was True. Imran Mahmood, author of All I Said Was True, welcome to your five questions in five minutes. Are you ready? I am as ready as I'll ever be. I've got a cup of tea in my hand. Okay. Can you describe your book in 30 seconds? Oh, um, (laughs) a woman is found on a rooftop um, with a dead woman in her arms. 
she is arrested by the police and she says, it wasn't me, find Michael and you'll get all the answers. That, very good, very succinct. Uh, your next question, who is your favourite character, but it's got to be a smaller one, it can't be your main character, but who did you really enjoy writing in the book? Oh, I really enjoyed uh, writing um, Layla's um, father in the book because um, to some extent it helped me kind of channel my own father and you know trying to reimagine him as a young man because some parts of it um, because in order to bring the character to life you have to try and imagine what they were like when they were younger in order to inform what they are like uh, later on and I liked um, having that sense of bridging worlds and bridging communities and bridging times so he's so he's a man in a way from the 60s and 70s um and then he finds himself in, in you know for, for, and he's from pakistan and then he finds himself in, in england in the 80s and all of that what's going on in the 80s and then later on we find him um in in modern day and how all that changes him and how he felt kind of displaced and kind of weirdly not not kind of welcome mm. But not kind of in an obvious way. He, mm. he, he didn't feel as if he was externally not welcome, but just that he didn't he didn't feel as if he he fit. Thank you for that. Can you give me three words you want people to feel when they're reading this book? Uncertain, <laughs> um, tense, and rich. <laughs> It'd be nice if we always just felt rich. <laughs> you won't you won't feel rich when you read it, but. It'd be nice if you just did. <laughs> and there's some uncertainty as well as some certainty. But uh, yes, as you're reading it. Yeah, I think maybe uh, peace. Peace would be good if you could feel peace. Sounds good. Uh, now, this is a question you might not have been asked before. What food and drink did you consume the most when you were writing Chocolate. this particular book? Chocolate. I, yeah, so what happens is yes. my wonderful agent sends me chocolate. <laughs> Sends me chocolate, but doesn't send me like a bar of chocolate. She'll send me a hamper full of, and it's sometimes kind of posh-ish chocolate in bars, and sometimes it's 30 bars of Cadbury's. And I don't really mind what it is, but I get through through a lot in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, chocolate was the main, was the fuel of this book. I love the fact that your agent's been sending it to you know he needs to write more pages quick Cadbury's dispatch another load I did try and send her some chocolate back ones and um, she's uh, I don't know whether this is true or not but she claims to be intolerant to some ingredient which means that she can't have the chocolate I, I'm not sure it's true I think she's just trying to save the chocolate for me and are you drinking anything while you're consuming the chocolate? Is it cups of tea or coffee yeah, or always tea? I I so in the morning I'll have um, some coffee. I, in fact, Mike Craven gave me some of his own coffee. I say his own coffee. His character Poe. Uh, yes, that's the has his own coffee. I thought he was lying when I saw him, and he said, "Oh well, he's got his own coffee. I'll send you some if you like." I said, "Yeah, whatever." Anyway, anyway, he, he did send me some. I mean. And it's lovely. So I've been having that in the mornings. And then about 20 cups of tea in the day. <laughs> Fantastic. 
And your last question, what's been the most memorable moment in your writing career so far? Well, it is slightly tangential, but um, because of You Don't Know Me, I was, um, and it was made into the BBC thing at the time. Because of that, the actor, Samuel uh, Adewunmi, was nominated for Best Actor for the BAFTAs. And because he was nominated, I was invited to the BAFTAs. So I, got, I went along to the BAFTAs to see it. Yeah, that was pretty memorable. It was bizarre. It's, I mean, there are so many people there, thousands and thousands of uh, people, celebrities, all of them. It's kind of wall-to-wall Anton Deck. Wherever you look, there's another, there's another person you've seen on TV. And then there's me. And it's weird because they all kind of slightly, politely humoured me. And they looked at me as if to say, Not, we don't know who you are, but you might be really important. <laughs> so we'll be polite. I think they thought that I was the money guy or something. You know, who financed all the films. <laughs> well, that's that's a great memorable moment. My goodness, and it's only onwards and upwards from here. Imran Mahmood, author of All I Said Was True. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Splendid. And let's go to our third and final book, which is called All About Evie, and it's written by the wonderful Matson Taylor. Matson Taylor, whose latest book is all about Evie. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Philippa. It's lovely to be back. I'm thrilled to be here sat talking to you. Thank you. Well, you've got five questions in five minutes, so I hope you are ready. Your first question, can you describe this wonderful book in approximately 30 seconds? <gasps> OK, so all about Evie. Um, it's a story. It's a story about joy. It's a story about friendship. It's a story about love. Um, it's also a story about death um, and how to have a good death and also the death of the 1960s. Um, so it, I, I don't want to dwell too much on death because hopefully as well, it's also a very funny book as well. I don't want everybody to think it's not funny, but yeah, it's about all of those things. Wonderful. Your next question, who was your favourite character? But it's got to be one of the smaller ones. It cannot be easy. My favourite character to write in this book was definitely Griffin who is the the office manager, Eva gets a job in an office, and she's horrible. And she's really pretentious and patronising. And, you know, to be honest, um, I, you know, I think we've, we've all met a few Griffins, and I just poured my, my, my loathing of various Griffins into this character and had enormous fun. I mean, I've, I had to edit the, my, the Griffin quite a bit because I... <laughs> To, to pull back, to, you know, like some of the things that I was writing. It was very good therapy, writing Griffin. Yeah. Well, there's one bit, I don't want to give anything away, but there's one bit where she has to do a chant that she's been given by somebody. And I was reading it thinking, I'm not, I know there's something funny. I was like, come on, Philippa, read it. And then I was like, oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you have to read it out loud. I think that's the one. That's the trick yes. with that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Next question. Can you give me three words you want people to feel when they read this book? Happy is one. Joyful. Uh, sad that it's ended. So sad to the end because I, I want I mean I know that I love that feeling when I read a book and you you read the very, very final page and you do feel sad because these people you've been living with the characters for you know a few days or a week or whatever and and yeah, no, it's it's awful. It's like a little 
little mini death almost sometimes it's when you get to know the people so well so i'd i'd love people to feel sad that sounds really strange i suppose <laughs> yeah you want people to feel sad yeah my words were yeah i want to make them cry yeah. <laughs> my words were love joy and optimism i felt optimistic oh that's a good one yeah it, it, it's, it's a very optimistic book because Evie is a very optimistic person. She's definitely a, you know, a, a glass half full kind of person. And, and I've described her a couple of times as sort of tiggerish. Yeah. She is quite sort of bouncy. And, and, and I, think, I think that really comes from me. I can remember I, I was described as tiggerish one time in, in a bookshop, an independent <laughs> bookshop, when I sort of bounced in full of optimism and, and joy and, and chit chat. And um, it was a, a bookseller, and the bookseller was like, "Well, you're you're very tiggerish, aren't you, Matson?" And, and I wasn't quite sure whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. But she said it with a huge, lovely smile. Okay, so hopefully we'll take it as a good thing. Yeah, I'd love there to be a graphic novel about Evie because I think the colours and the fashions and oh, I just think it would be a whole another level. It would be great. Are you any good at drawing? Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I'm absolutely hopeless at drawing, but you know, it's like the all the the fashions and the colours and the foods and the interiors and all of that. That's all come straight out of my job. You know, as a, I'm a design historian, so I love writing about all of those things. And so, yeah, I'd love to see Evie, you know, on the telly or the or film, just to just to see all that brought to life. It'd be wonderful. Uh, next question, slightly odd one. What was the food and drink that you consumed the most when you were writing this particular book, when you were writing all about Evie? Okay, well, I was up in Yorkshire with my father in lockdown and we just basically anything of any heft and stodge. That is my dad's diet <laughs> and I had to fit in with him. So <laughs> there were a lot, a lot of potatoes, a lot of stodgy stuff. He likes a pie, does that. So we had lots of pies. I was I was in charge of the cooking. Lots of roast potatoes. Lots of pizza. He does like pizza as well. So it was oh. just basically, yeah, anything stodgy and heavy. And and lots of cake and pudding, because he likes cakes and puddings. And, you know, it'd be rude, rude for me to refuse cakes and puddings. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I just couldn't move, basically, when I was writing the book. I was just... <laughs> couldn't get out of the chair so you wouldn't find an avocado in your dad's kitchen, oh, it, look dad couldn't even spell no avocado there. no there's just like no you've got no chance <laughs> so I, if, if i arrive at dad's and, and i see a you know like the, the odd stray banana i'm quite happy it's got a fruit in there somewhere no. <laughs> dad's dad's coming i sort of open the pantry door and it's absolutely just jammed full of m&s biscuits it's like going to it's just like no one person can possibly need that many biscuits um but anyway he that's that he is who he is and it's all right so <laughs> I, and he's very welcome with us because that's uh yes that's absolutely superb your last question What's been your most memorable moment so far in your writing career? Oh, do you know? I think it has to be the Richard and Judy because um, you, I, it was in COVID, so I didn't meet them in real life, but I, I talked to them via Zoom, and they were chatting from home, and they were on their sofa at home chatting. And it was just like watching, you know, the old this morning. I, you know, I did, I did my my degree back in the nineties, and basically an English literature degree back then involved watching <laughs> Richard and Judy every single morning at five days a week. So it was just so weird to be on a Zoom call with them when they were there on the sofa chatting, 
And so that that was surreal and, and wonderful and brilliant. Oh, I loved that's it. That's great. I love that. Well, Matson Taylor, whose latest book is all about Evie. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Philippa. That's your lot. Those are your three books. I hope you've enjoyed it. So let's just do a quick recap. We had Matson Taylor telling us all about Evie. And then we had Imran Mahmood talking about All I Said Was True. And finally, at the very beginning, we had M.W. Craven talking about The Botanist. Three books I can really commend and available now. Just look after yourselves. I'll be back with a normal episode on Monday and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. 